0: Welcome to the Modernizer Die Podcast, CFML News Edition, where we keep you up to date with everything going on in the ColdFusion community. We'll share the latest news on events, releases to engines, frameworks, libraries, and tools, as well as spotlighting quality content from the community. Welcome to December 31st version of the Modernizer Die CFML News Edition Podcast. And I What's am. Oh sorry,
1: did I, I jump the <laughs> gun there?
0: So who's this? Who are you, noisy bugger? I'm so
1: excited for the new year. I'm just ready to go. I'm Brad Wood from yeah. Order Solutions. It's
0: cool, cool. Yeah, uh, yep, so, and I'm Gavin Pickin.
1: I uh, I saw some I, actually do you have this tweet in the show notes? Somebody tweeted the other day about how there were some some time zone kind of screw ups with uh with dates and that the last day of the year would uh I think, was it, uh, was it Ryan uh, Gill who did it? Anyway, the last day of the year was going to be kind of screwed up. It was going to report as the next day and stuff. Um, I'd forgotten about it. And then on the Slack team for the Adopt Open JDK guys, somebody mentioned today that all their builds today are showing up as uh, having a 2020 timestamp. So I think they might actually be in bit by some of that uh, time zone locale nonsense.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, New Zealand—it's already—it's uh, already tomorrow. It's already the twenty twenty. It's five a.m. Yeah. O- I mean, so we
1: could basically say Happy New Year at this point. I'd say by by all respects, it's already next year.
0: Yeah, technically. Yeah, it is. In some places, it sure is. I think uh, in England right now, isn't it about <laughs> ten p.m. or something? So they're getting ready. They're probably out having a drink or something, getting ready for the new year. So. So for those of you who are watching live, we thank you for, uh, you know, making it an important part of your six, final day of the year.
1: Six o'clock p.m. Oh, it is? In the U.K.
0: Wow. Well, which well. reminds
1: me of the Mr. Bean episode on New Year's Eve. It's a really funny one. Well, it
0: sounds like we should uh, be watching that tonight. It's part, <laughs> part of our end of year celebration. <clears throat> But we got a few more things to discuss, a bit of news. Uh, Not a whole lot, because hopefully you guys had a great holiday and you're actually doing some work uh, on your family and not on your work. work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Until you said on your family, I was like, are you
0: kidding? Yeah. (laughs) What are you thinking? It's been a busy week for me, too. So uh, not as much work done uh, as usual, but sometimes that's good. You need to break, recharge, and then get ready for next year. I mean, I
1: just caught up with all the dishes that were created on our Christmas day dinner started with like everything washed in the house and then Christmas day and cooking ham and all the stuff. And then it was just like a mountain of dishes. So yeah, I'm forget work. I'm still digging out for
0: under that. Yeah, well I had to move my in laws in as well. So not only did we deal with, you know, Christmas and presents and all that stuff, we had to move a uh, you know, half a household into our house. So uh and didn't you have like Noah's Flood part three or something going on there in Bakersfield? I do. I have to finish uh <laughs> finish digging some ditches later, <laughs> but Whew. important things were inside the house. Outside the house can wait, so but uh, I've got a couple of dry wells I have to install and everything for the. Oh my gosh! Because usually a couple of inches is all we get all year. So if we get more than that, like the whole world shuts down here. <laughs> more for it to go. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Well, about so, that news. Yep. So uh, for those of you being. Uh, Paying attention to Twitter uh, lately, you'll see that uh, Vicky Ryder has been posting videos from CF Summit Las Vegas in 2019, so she's been releasing them, and right now uh, on the playlist, we'll share that link uh, in the show notes, but there's a Google playlist, um, and it has 14 videos so far, so there's the keynote, there's something about the specialist program, and 12 sessions, and you're up there, right, Brad?
1: Uh yeah, mine's been posted. They yep. found like the, the dorkiest well. picture of me ever for like the <laughs> screenshot of it. But uh, it's what they do.
0: Yep, uh, it's pretty cool. They've uh, got Vimmos. If you guys want to see some, uh, like, some artificial learning with reinforcement um, learning. That if you want to hurt your brain, watch that one. It's really cool, but he goes some detail of how he does it, and everybody walked out it was like one of the last sessions on the last day, and everybody walked out, going, "My brain is dead. That's it. we're done <laughs> <laughs> he's a He's a crazy smart guy, and uh, last year he built a little game, and this year he's uh, uh, sort of like a Pac-Man game in space where he's eating stuff, and it learns based on you know the reward system that's set up. It's pretty neat. And
1: who's the guy that did that one
0: uh, I think it's Minvo. Always. always oh, okay. Get, yeah, uh, I recognize the name. Yep, so, but last year we did a React uh, session as well. Pretty cool. So yeah, there's already 14 videos up there so far. She's releasing more. She's trying to get them all out. Um, so we'll, we'll be getting more released there. So follow on Twitter. Uh, they are being released on Facebook too. So if you guys uh, follow the Derby Fusion channel, you'll see them popping up there as well. Uh, and there's a blog post um, we, that we'll mention as well talks about what she's releasing and where and you can also get the slides in the show notes too so if you want to actually follow along with the slides as the presenter is presenting you can do that or you know go into more detail so very cool so those you didn't uh didn't attend uh you can catch up on what you missed and if you did attend you can catch up on the other sessions because there was like four different sessions at once so it's a pretty big and your conference. brain might have been full yep definitely our stomachs with all that great food over there oh yeah Yep. Anyway, never disappoints. Yep. So last week we talked about how QB Seven was released, hot off the press. Dude, that's old news. QB Seven. Yeah. What are you talking about? And yep. Now we got QB Seven Point One. So <laughs> totally. in the last week, Eric has uh, added lambda arrow functions. <laughs> They're now allowed wherever closures are allowed. There's also an add an order by roar method. So if you want to pass an order by instead of doing each individual element, you can just do an, a roar order by with all the different pieces. And it also allows for fully qualified column names and in, in the value and values method. So he's gone and added those. So and, I guess Eric for, was working this last week, not so much on the family. <laughs> <laughs> and for those non
1: New Zealand speakers, an order by roar is an order by raw. Just rah. Rah. in case you thought it was
0: like a lion or something. Rah. Yeah, thanks, Brad. I haven't been teased about my accent today, so there we go. <laughs> I'm always
1: here for you, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting, though, to see all these uh QB releases.
1: I mean, how do you think Eric gets up so high so fast? That's mm-hmm. all he does, release
0: stuff at yep. times. Yeah. Well, remember, he actually uses Simver properly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. He even has a module that he uses for that. Maybe we should talk about that one sometime. <clears throat> mm, there's um, a module for that. Yep. But, uh... If so only next, we had some
1: forum, Gavin, whereby we could feature a module on, say, like a weekly basis.
0: Yeah, I know. We should do a podcast for that. So uh, <laughs> next on the list uh, is the Cold Fusion for the next decade. Um, so Rick chief is going to be doing a webinar January 16th. So you can find out all about uh, what's coming in 2020 and what they've got the vision for 2020 and beyond. So... Um, If you guys saw the keynote at CF Summit, which I think is available, um, there was a a good taste of it there. But this, I think was going to go into a little more detail. And we're getting closer and closer to that 2020 release date. So I'm sure they're going to have a little more, you know, info in there, a little more sneaky stuff. So jump in that. Speaking of 2020, though, have you heard anything about the pre-release program yet, Brad?
1: Uh, If I did and I told you, I'd have to kill you. Well, just have you heard. I didn't say what's in it.
0: I think you're allowed to say if you've got anything from <laughs>
1: no i have not heard anything i signed up for the 2020 pre-release if it's going on right now it's going on without me so
0: okay <laughs> i would have
1: to write and the emails i don't know i haven't i haven't got anything about it so
0: okay so <clears throat> uh, i wonder if that's still available if you guys uh search there was a, a blog post about the pre-release program on adobe uh sorry called you can check that out but registering for this Oh, my breath here. Cfwebinar dash cf2020 dot meet us dot dot com is where you go or look in the, in the show notes. Yeah, but not everybody watches uh, the the YouTube version, <clears throat> well, so they don't get fault. to see it. But yeah, <laughs> and sadly, I must admit that I I had a boo boo last week. Uh-oh. We uh, recorded our awesome um, special episode with Ben Nadal, which was a lot of fun. It felt like a good episode. People listened, so they really enjoyed it. Uh, the issue was that when we uploaded to our podcast provider, there was an issue with the audio, so it didn't get processed. So, today, someone mentions, like, hey, I thought you guys released the thing for Ben Adele already. I'm like, it's on YouTube. Is it not on your podcast player? They're like, nope. So I went and looked, and it said error processing audio file. So something must have gone wrong on the upload. It looked like it there went was, through, but it didn't There was win. just
1: too much Ben in that audio. It was too
0: awesome. Yeah, P- Ben broke the audio feed. So I fixed it today. <laughs> I uploaded the new audio. So if you missed last week's audio version on your podcast player, I'm sorry. It, it's available today uh, already, so it should be there now. But I apologize. And I, I wanted everybody to have Ben on Christmas Day, but but sorry if you didn't watch the youtube video you missed out until now so so this uh our little blurb we have here
1: for the adobe cold fusion podcast says it's a pivotal release which speaking of pivotal we mm. don't have this in the show notes it's not really a cold fusion thing but uh a lot of you guys are probably familiar with the company pivotal they used to own the groovy language and they're kind of a house for all sorts of java e open source stuff and they have a big kind of cloud presence right now uh vmware purchased pivotal for 2.7 billion dollars that's week. That's
0: billion with a b in case you can't kind of understand a right.
1: that's a lot of miles per hour um <laughs> studio c reference for you uh but yeah i mean um it's it kind of interesting to see how that'll work just because you know pivotal has a lot of products that kind of compete out in this web space and cloud space and i mean i've used some of their some of their open source stuff um be interesting to see uh, what that will look like with vmware taking them on um kind of wondered are, are all the original pivotal people just like taking that 2.7 billion and they're like we're done retired
0: yeah i'm, I'm sure that there's a, a lot of contract negotiations for who stays on for how long and all that <clears throat> but uh, i'm sure that a lot of the key people got a pretty good chunk of that pie so. You know,
1: Luis and I are going to DevNexus this year, and Pivotal always has a booth. So and in the past, they've had, up, they've had up to, like, 12 speakers at DevNexus. They're usually, like, a huge sponsor. So I'm sure that there'll be some kind of booth that still represents whatever the heck they are. It'll be I mean, they're not losing
0: them. their name. Just VM owns the name, right? You
1: I'm, know, I assume so. I mean, the you Pivotal, hate to
0: give up that type of brand recognition because it is a big player, so...
1: Yeah, I mean, so I, I assume it'll kind of, like, come under the wing and they'll slowly absorb. And they've talked about merging some of their you know, their teams, research and development stuff. So they're kind of all working together in the same goal. But yeah, I mean, I would assume the pivotal name um, will still be there. And of course, a lot of the projects I think they took on were, you know, existing open source, you know, projects that were just kind of already under the pivotal umbrella. So anyway, I don't know. That's my goal in life is to make something and sell it for $2.7 billion. So.
0: $2.7 billion. Okay. Well, we're going to have to add that to the show notes then. um billion So Brad, dollars. you can add that in. um but other than that so that's sort of our news but we've got some conference information coming out too so obviously if you miss cf summit you can go watch those videos but next year you got to start planning for next year so next year in may we have into the box 2020 which i think is our eighth into the box so it's gonna be pretty pretty next
1: year like it's far away
0: well it is it's like three hours ago in new zealand (laughs) (laughs) and new zealand is a long way away so yeah so 2020 so may 6th through 8th in uh, houston texas we're gonna be at the woodlands right outside of houston uh at the hyatt place again um it's a great little area we had uh you know every year we keep growing and growing so we're just gonna take over the whole hotel i think this year so um you know book your tickets early make sure you include the 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 three days you can get that workshop in and right now Mm -hmm. since all of our speakers and our workshops are not um fully um, fleshed out and finalized we have a super super early bird special so you You, you
1: know you want to come to one of our workshops you know one of them's going to be what you want just go ahead put it on the calendar get the tickets we've already had uh our first ticket sales for into the box 2020 they've already started coming in so just Get it on there, you know you're gonna enjoy it. It's gonna be great.
0: Yep. So the super early bird special, I believe, is two hundred dollars off the price that you'd pay later on. So definitely worth it. And I know a lot of people say they'll pay to see Brad talk about anything. And don't worry, you'll see Brad talk about everything. So- <laughs> <laughs> <Just> <laughs> have an open tell. session, Brad yep. speaks. Brad speaks. Like politics go. Yep. So um that can be dangerous. So also, we've got a 16 days left if you're looking to be a speaker for Into the Box, um, where our call for speakers is open till the middle of January, and yes, it's the mm-hmm. end of December, so you got just over two weeks. So if you go to papercall.io slash ITB 2020, get your submission in. We want to make sure we can uh, get all those in by the middle of the month and get that, uh schedule updated and out there as soon as possible, because I know some of you want to see who's speaking, but we can guarantee you there'll be a lot of great speakers from the oldest team and a lot of great speakers from the community as well. And talking to Ben Adel last week, uh, I think he's actually up for your photo booth idea, Brad, so we might have to make that happen.
1: I'm telling you, man, need to get Ben to end of the box. And we can just be. Everybody wants to get, you know, the little thumbs up picture and be on Ben's blog. Yeah. I've got one on the rotation. It's my pride and joy.
0: Yeah, we're gonna hook up yeah, a printer so you can this. take one with you. And we should like maybe we can have it in the back of the the Tindy lanyard. We could slide your Ben picture in. You're like, see, oh, that's me man. with Ben. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if anybody, if everybody
1: knows this. Now, when you go to Ben Adele's site, the, the picture of, you know, him cheesing up with people just wrote it, it refreshes randomly, but the, there's actually a URL you can create that'll lock in the picture. If you want to be able to like, you know, always hit his site and have, you know, your picture show up, just throwing that out there.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I know I'm on there. It took me forever, but I finally got on there, I think, in D.C. <laughs> I, I'm like, Ben, I need a picture of you, bud. Oh, DC.
1: Yeah, see, I, I cornered Ben the first time I saw him at CF Objective back when it was in Mall of America.
0: Yeah, and he, he that was what he was talking about. It. It was like He had so much fun there. It was like a great venue. D.C. one was pretty good, but it just wasn't quite as you know cozy. The Mall of America one just had oh, a bit no. of feel.
1: Having to go through like a giant security line is... There were a lot of problems. With <laughs> yeah, it the, wouldn't the even DC let us location. bring
0: Starbucks in, right? Not that I drink it, but some people were complaining. <laughs> but yeah, but um, so I think we convinced Ben to come out. I told him he's coming. So uh, so yeah, definitely check that out. And then uh, we have last year's videos, 2019 videos, uh, available online um, for purchase too. If you want to get that, there's a nice deal. We can get all of them. And if you did attend last year's, you got all the videos for free. So you can check those out. Um, Yeah. Sorry. We'd like to offer them for free, but, uh, we're, we're not Adobe. We didn't have the the budget to release everything for free. It takes a lot of effort to produce those. Yep. Uh, I'm
1: glad Adobe can do it for free. That's, that's fantastic. Yep. Not everybody can
0: for sure. And then, (laughs) uh, into the box in El Salvador was a big success. So they're already planning to do an El Salvador, um, Um, conference and I know that we're going to be at CF camp they are going to try and do possibly throw in a into the box Europe right before CF camp as well so we've got some some interesting stuff coming at you we haven't got the dates finalized for um, CF summit next year or um see if camp yet yeah, we're hoping to get those finalized so we can let you know so you can plan out your year um, but there are some other good conferences out there as Brad mentioned before Dev Nexus and that's February 20 uh, 19th to 21 in Atlanta and you love that conference i love the speaker shirt you have from that conference it's an awesome looking baseball style shirt oh uh, yeah last that. year so they jealous. were right
1: there by those the Braves Atlanta Braves stadium the speaker dinner was actually at the brave stadium and yeah, they, they had really cool speaker t-shirts that have has my Twitter handle on the back. And it says dev nexus and like the same font as the, the
0: baseball shirts. They, they look they cool. I was there. super jealous of that one. You know, there's some pretty cool shirts out there, but that's probably my favorite to be honest. Um, yeah. And if you like swag, like Luis
1: does dev nexus, man, they've got more boost full of swag than you can stake, shake a, a stick at.
0: Yeah. Me and Scott went to one of the, the, uh, AWS ones The AWS Summit And that's like Mm -hmm. The sort of The free one Where you get To sort of Get an introduction To everything And we needed We almost filled up The back of our truck Coming back from there too gosh
1: you know your kids get most of a swag anyway and my oh, wife because a lot of balls and notebooks and pens.
0: Uh, and well, i got this really cool docker jacket that my wife wears i got a really cool turtle snap um like a, a monitoring service jacket that like one oh, of nice. my kids wears because it's hard to find gavin size clothing you know <laughs> <Gavin> size.
1: <laughs> yeah my my kids steal most of my cool swag like socks my yeah. oldest daughter like grabs those right up i never even get a chance to put them on
0: yeah. So, okay. So if you want swag, go to DevNexus. Uh, ViewConf, uh, we love View, Vue.js. And so ViewConf US is going to be in Austin. I'm thinking I should tell Luis we should have a retreat that week and we can go to the ViewConf and then Ooh. do a retreat afterwards. Cause, uh, Austin's
1: only like three hours from where Luis lives.
0: And isn't uh, Austin pretty close to um, the location we had a little our retreat before?
1: Yeah. I mean, that was right outside of Austin. It was like. Yeah. Uh, not Tahoe. What was the name of the Lake Travis? Lake Travis? Is that what lake it was? Lake
0: Travis, yeah. So, Luis, yeah. Eric and I really want to go to Um, I think we <laughs> could arrange it so we could go stay at the lake house, too. <laughs> Do a little extra work there. So, that's going to be in Austin, uh, March 2nd through the 4th. Uh, and that's going to be pretty good. And then DockerCon. I've been to DockerCon before. Uh, we love Docker as well. Last year, it was at the same time as Into of the Box, so we missed it. But this year, it's going to be June 15th to 18th. Guess where it's at? Austin, Texas. I guess we're having another retreat, bro. <laughs> so, Austin's a pretty popular place for conferences next year. And uh, So, DocCon's pretty good. Um, they haven't got a lot of the information up there just yet, but if you go to docker doc, docker.com slash dockercon, you can find out more about it. And I found a cool website called confs.tick. So, C-O-N-F- Dot and it has a bunch of all different types of te- uh, technical conferences. You choose your country and then look at the te- certain types of stuff and it'll give you a breakdown. So I just picked the ones that I've been to or I really, really want to go to. Uh, there's a whole bunch there, but we thought we'd just you know give you guys a few different ones in case you want to branch out.
1: Wow, yeah, they have all these categories, JavaScript, DevOps, PHP, security, CSS, leadership is run, Ruby, Android, Clojure, Golang, Elixir. Yeah. Uh, we need to get CFML on this list. Come on, you freaks. Yeah. Well, Where's we, your CFML love? I was going to say, we need to make sure geez. we
0: submit our conferences there, too, so we're on the list. Yeah. So people can you can, you out, can filter
1: so. USA, Germany, Netherlands, UK, France, Austria, Spain, Italy, Canada.
0: That's pretty nice. El Salvador, is that there? If not, we could add no, that, too. No, they don't
1: have it. Oh, wait, show more. Oh wow, they have a bunch more. Um looking for South American ones. Chile, Colombia, Brazil. Um so they have several in in Central and in South America. Oh, Mexico, Peru? Wow. They cover hey, a lot of countries. And I
0: just saw that uh it looks like Sam Knowlton's talking he's in league on here and he's talking about Lake Travis too. So he says uh in league boat party on lake travis so if he's I'm offering down, we're down so uh sam- as long
1: as there's enough water in the lake the last time we were out there the water was like way down all the all the floating docks were just like lying on on dry ground hopefully yeah. they've gotten some rain there
0: but yeah because I, I believe that uh in league is based in austin right sam you want to confirm that but i think that's where sam lives so sounds we can right. uh, go hit him up, and yeah, that could be fun. It's, it's fun having a big group at Sam's conferences. So.
1: What could go wrong?
0: <laughs> he, he wasn't offering that. He said you can sleep on the lake.
1: <laughs> well, I didn't say he was offering it. I was just saying we'd do it like good friends.
0: Yeah. He says there's plenty of water. So, or and
1: I think he meant there's plenty of couch okay, for us to well, come that crash too. on.
0: Well, sounds good to me. Okay. So enough about the conferences. Next on our list, the blogs, tweets, and videos of the week. So this Christmas, is a little bit less content, so uh, you guys will get off a little light here, not too much talking. But James Moberg's been busy, um, so he's got a Cold Usually. Fusion UDF he built called Is Domain. So I guess that is valid, works for like emails and other stuff, but it doesn't work for like domain names or IP addresses. So he built this new one, and he tied into the the API IO. They've got a new free tier that they provided, uh, which gives you forty k API hits per month. So he decided to. You know build this udf and build on top of that so um he's basically tied into it so we can get some data about domains like who is and geolocation so, right, so, to cool. be, so to
1: be clear this isn't just like validation like is the string of valid.com this actually checks and says like is it registered with a registrar is that what it's doing then
0: it looks like because it's it pulls back who is and stuff yeah so, that's yeah. pretty
1: cool yeah so it's not really just like a, a string validation on it, you know, is it the URL is it the domain? It's like, is this registered? That would be kind of cool for anything hosting. Yeah. Cause see, I, I actually get a little annoyed by uh, of course, this is what they do. Like all hosting sites have like a little who is feature and you go and you punch in a domain and they're like, Oh, you can register the.net and the org. I'm like, I'm not here to register a domain. Go away. I'm just here to look up the who is. Yeah. They all do that.
0: Yeah. That's cool. Cause I mean, and here he's, he has like the simple domain regex set up so you can see, but um yeah, because there already was an is IP and a is URL UDF that was on CFlib. Um and the is email was pretty buggy. Um so he's done a little bit of extra work here, so that's cool. And then the next blog post we have is actually James talking about how he's migrating his blog to dev.2. Um, so that that new link we sent was actually at the div slash game over. Um Game and over, man. Game's Game over, over, sorry. Game's over. And that's where his new blog's going to be. So he's going to keep the other one up, he said, but he's been, you know, blogging on that since Tumblr, uh, using Tumblr since 2013 or something, he said. So he's finally moving over to div.2. Uh Yeah, Two is a, you know, big sponsor. They help sponsor Hectober, So I like, you know, I like what they're doing. I just hope it doesn't become a medium where they get everybody using it and then they start putting up all those pop ups and, you know, all that stuff in the way. So. Yeah, they. Get a little greedy, and you're like, wait a minute, we fill this baby with banner ads. Yep. So, so yeah, so he's a short little blog post is saying he's moving over there. I think it started as a conversation in a Facebook group if I was following along properly. So uh, good to see you're still blogging, James. He's got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, He doesn't use a cold box or anything, but he's always got these weird little utilities and everything. Oh, he's even in the chat. So, uh, yeah, he was in here earlier. You didn't see him? Oh, I just didn't see the comment. I'm, I'm too busy reading the notes, Man, Good Brad. thing
1: you weren't, like, bad talking him.
0: Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> and uh, Yogesh says, Happy New Year from this side of the world. <laughs> so, oh, dang. He's already in the new year. Man. Yep. Man, some people just just too cool. Sorry, we're a little slow over here in America. We'll catch up one day, guys. <laughs> we're a little slow. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> a little so the next one we had. comment. So, Charlie Earhart uh, had a blog post, too, and it was titled, Should You Convert All Your CF Query SQL to Stored Procedures? No. A different perspective. And that's an answer I like to say because I like to be able to see my SQL and what it's doing without having to, you know, go look in the database and go into the, you know, or bribe a DBA to show you what it looks like. <laughs> um, so. um,
1: yeah, it's always been an interesting conversation. Um, I mean, I, I like stored procedures in SQL Server, and I've used a lot of them. But I, I definitely personally don't like, uh, you know, companies are like, everything has to be a store procedure. But most of the reason I don't like it is because uh, the DBAs I've dealt with that had that pos- held that position usually held that position, in my opinion, out of the, uh, um,
0: what's the word? Fear of job security? No.
1: Uh, ignorance. Oh, <laughs> That's the word I'm thinking are. of. Um, because they didn't, they didn't understand how, you know, how ColdFusion and Java and JDBC, you know, creates a prepared statement with parameterized inputs. Um, you know, and they, they thought that all, you know, ad hoc SQL wouldn't perform as well, and that it would be full of, you know, SQL injection or things like that, which can or cannot be true. But I, I've come across a lot of sort of like knee jerk. Everything has to be a store procedure because it's quote unquote better, but we can't really explain it. You just have to trust us. Um, which I always dislike. But I, I do like strip procedures for some things. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I'm just kind of scrolling through it now. It looks like Charlie. This is actually one of Charlie's shorter articles. He usually types <laughs> a lot more. Uh, yeah. But he's 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 pointing to another article that's kind of his uh uh some of the, the things he's pointing out. So it's
0: yeah, because obviously pros and cons to everything, you know, and you just got to look and figure out why uh, why you should or shouldn't. So. I always like those. You know, I don't like someone just saying, do this because I said so. You know, I like to say, these are the <laughs> reasons why this is something you got to consider. But, you know, this is all the information you need to make the right decision, you know. Because, yeah, I don't like people just, you know, preaching from the from the from their soapbox and uh, not giving you both sides. So, next on our list, we have uh, Ben Nadeau. Sorry, he couldn't be here to host today, but we got Brad, so we'll we'll survive. (laughs) uh, You got the
1: scrape the bottom of the
0: barrel. Yep. The uh, the last person I asked. (laughs) But but, yeah, so he's talking about considering HTT methods like put and patch as indicators of an anemic domain model and a leaky abstraction. So this one sounds a little controversial. Uh, <laughs> anemic domain. you know, I,
1: I use the phrase anemic domain model, which is, you know, Char- Sean Corfield used to use that phrase for years and years. He even wrote an entire article in the fusion quarterly about it. And I was explaining to my kids what the word anemic meant the everyday. Um, and I use that phrase cause that's when I hear the word anemic, I always think anemic domain model.
0: It's oh really? Funny. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So he basically, uh, he doesn't like update methods in his API design or whatever, and so he's got feelings, but he couldn't articulate them. So he decided to, um, you know, he read through this implementing domain driven design by uh, Vaughn Venom, and then, you know, it occurred to me what he was saying about it. And so this sort of goes into a way to actually explain his feelings on it. And so, um, yeah. Basically, he says it's in most cases it's not a good thing. Um, <laughs> so I'm kind of curious too because obviously we do a lot of API design these days, and we look at using posts and with put and patches and everything, and you know partial um, updates versus complete replacement updates and everything. So I'm kind of curious what he's what he thinks of that. So I have to finish reading that one, but it sounds pretty interesting. So we wanted to share that. Yeah. And then uh, Ben also um, read a book too. So. Last week he posted um, his review of the Phoenix Project, a novel about IT and DevOps and helping your business win. And um, so he's talking a little bit about that. And then, what's,
1: what's the Phoenix Project?
0: Well, that's a novel about IT, DevOps, and helping your business win. Um, so oh. <laughs> he posted that one. And then this week he's um, posted the Unicorn Project, a novel about developers, digital disruption, and thriving in the age of data by Gene Kim. So he's. Uh you know, I find these interesting, you know, when they sort of go behind the scenes and everything. So um
1: what what fictional animal will come next? Like the, the hippogriff project or like
0: <laughs> the platypus?
1: That's <laughs> Platypy are real. I know they don't, do, they don't do much. We just
0: don't care about Australian stuff, so
1: <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's always good to see uh interesting books that talk about uh talk about the market and just yeah, we have ops and what works and what doesn't.
0: Yeah, the Phoenix Project one I've heard about before, but I hadn't heard of the Unicorn Project. So I thought it was pretty interesting that they've got projects in the front of their name, so <clears should throat> the names. That should be the new thing we do. Project. But, but I, I, blah, assume, blah, blah project. I
1: assume yeah. Unicorn is a reference to, like, ref, like, talking about, like, Unicorn developers. Like, you know, one in a million developers with the exact skill set that a startup is looking for or something. I, I don't know. I'm just assuming that's the only time I've really heard the phrase unicorn.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just Maybe like not. it because it talks about, you know, things like, you know, being paralyzed by process or being isolated in your team. And so, you know, just a lot of different, a lot of different aspects. So I, I like those type of soft skills and everything. And we'll actually put the link to the Phoenix project one in there. I think it was in last week's one, but if not, I'll add it to the show notes so we can share that there too. Um, so, cause yeah, and like I said, those are pretty cool. I got to get, I got my, my audible list is overflowing right now. So I got to play catch up here, but, um, but yeah. So Scott did ask a question before we get too far on saying, so what are the most common reasons you would use a stored procedure over a standard query, Brad?
1: I saw his question. I didn't answer it. I didn't want to go too much farther down that rabbit trail. I figured I could ping him later if he really wanted to know.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: um. Oftentimes, if I'm dealing with SQL Server, I'll use a store procedure. If I have like a scheduled task or something that's uh, that's fairly large, it does a lot of logic. This may be just something SQL Server agent runs. Or if I have a really uh, complex report that's, you know, creating a temp table, dumping stuff into it, updating it. um, And it's a little bit easier to manage and work on that in SQL Server Management Studio, just modifying a proc and running it. Um, every once in a while, I've worked on systems that'll have a web app and ColdFusion and they'll have also a Java app or some other application that's accessing in the same database. They don't have the same shared data layer. And so we'll kind of push some business logic down to a shared store procedure. I don't like doing that because I think it's a bit of a a slippery slope. And the places I worked that were really big on store procedures, I felt those companies pushed way too much of the business logic all the way down to the database level. And it was always kind of under the auspice of, oh, well, we have to share this between the other Java system or the other random reporting system, and so we have to put all this logic down in the database. Um, and I actually think that that hurts all those applications in the long run. But um, those are the, some of the reasons I've used store procedures. But I mean, I don't have like a hard, fast rule. I don't I don't like creating hard, fast rules. I like rules of thumbs that I can bend. <laughs> based, based bend what, your thumb too feels good. yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but for me, it's really more a convenience thing. You know, I, I don't use store procedures at all for security or performance, which ironically is what you largely hear quoted by DBAs. Oh, they're more secure, oh, they're more performant. Um, when done right, neither of those are, are correct or properly parameterized you know, query using pram or the like will, you know, will create a parameterized uh, SQL statement with, you know, a cached execution plan. SQL Server is even smart enough to create cached execution plans and ad hoc queries um, by substituting, you know, where you have like an order ID or something. Uh, it does better than you would think. But anyway, it's a, I, I've seen a number of store procedures that were actually uh, vulnerable to SQL injection because the DBAs were very lazy and tried to concatenate SQL, which is horribly ugly to do to concatenate SQL and and execute it in a dynamic fashion, um, inside the database. So my reasons for using store procedures are are typically different than this, this, the standard, this is why you should use them reasons that you'll hear DBAs about because most of those I think are nonsense, but I do have cases where I just like it anyway. Yeah, that's that's enough of a soapbox on that.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Good to know.
1: Good question though, Scott.
0: Okay, so then we have uh Gregory Alexander who's uh, been working on the Galaxy blog. He actually had three mm-hmm. uh three-part series um to do with ColdFusion ORM. He's been working on that uh trying to make uh, the Galaxy blog um bigger and better and uh, you know support more database systems. So he's got Introducing ColdFusion ORM, which is part 1. Part 2 is Understanding ColdFusion ORM Relationships part two and then part three is using ORM sorry using cold fusion ORM to populate the database so part three have,
1: have we talked to him about quick
0: no we haven't I thought there was actually a conversation
1: the day in slack about
0: that well you might have had a conversation in slack about it I'm, I'm not sure I don't think I had it I think I just saw it oh, okay
1: Gregory
0: so yeah, so if you if you're working with ORM, um, he he mentioned the John wishes book, which is a good one. It's an older book, but it's still pretty relevant these days. It's a it's a good. Well, book. that's because ORM's hardly changed since it came out. Well, it's probably because <laughs> some of the engines still are still <laughs> the same. Yeah, very relevant. <laughs> yeah, so um, but yeah, so there's a couple of good more uh, a couple of more articles for you to read if you're learning ORM you know, or want to get started or just a touch up there. Okay, and then um. Next we have Ray Camden and he posted another view game. So if you guys don't want to do any work these holidays, um Ray's got you covered. He last week we talked about a Sudoku game that he made in view and this week he uh, has a hangman game in view. So he's uh, built these games um and I guess this one is a rehash of what he built way back in 2010 using Adobe Air. <laughs> so Air, um, heck yeah. I love the
1: Adobe air, man. That was going to be awesome. Yeah. Steve
0: jobs earned it all. Yeah. I mean, that worked with flash (laughs) flex and HTML, I believe. Right. You could, um, yeah.
1: So air was the runtime you would install on your computer, like a JVM almost that you could, you know, the same action script based application that ran in the browser as flash or ran on your phone on flash would also run on your desktop as like a native app. Um, pretty
0: cool. I mean, I, I did remember, I thought that was pretty neat, but yeah, Steve jobs killed that.
1: Uh, well, yeah. I mean, because I thought I was like, man, I'm gonna like totally dig into this, and I, I you know, you can write an app and you write it once, and it just runs everywhere. Um, of course, like Java developers were like, oh, uh, JVM, we already had this. Um, but yeah, you know, when it when it was obvious that Flash wasn't going to be um, really a thing on what at the time was the largest smartphone market, then it just didn't make any sense, which was so sad.
0: Yep, so if you guys want to check out that Hangman game, he rewrote it in Vue. So, again, make a fun way to to start learning Vue if you haven't, and I'm kind of curious. I want to dive into his code later and see how he did it too and uh, see if there's something I can glean from it. But it's pretty cool. So Ben the, was... I, I, sorry.
1: I found the conversation in CFML Slack. It was in the Orem channel, and it was yep. at the end of November. John Wish had actually... um. At the end, said too long, didn't read. Uh, no TLDR. I, if I was looking at using ORM, I'd be very tempted to use Quick over CFORM and oh, a little very cool a discussion yeah, was, about it.
0: And then it looks like uh, Sam said, um, that he jumped in or whatever. Yeah, he said he didn't want to jump in and tell everybody to avoid Cold Fusion ORM and use Quick. But uh, I guess if John <laughs> said it, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I guess Eric must be doing something right with Quick then. So very cool, and then uh, Benny had another blog post, and this one is Sand in the Gears as a Metaphor for People's Work Capacity. Sand in the Gears as a Metaphor, I don't think for I've people's ever heard work that capacity. one. Well, you know, like sand
1: in the gears, yeah. If you get
0: sand in your gearbox, it's going to grind and you know, it's not going to work efficiently. Yeah. This
1: have to do with work capacity, it'd well, be like, re- How many
0: gears do you have? Well.
1: Sand on the gears, when you search it, it brings up a YouTube video. I don't that's what I want.
0: Yeah, well, I mean he said the metaphor comes to him from uh Rich Arm- uh, Armstrong, which is a, an engineering manager at his envision. I guess he's a wizard with metaphors. <laughs> but uh yeah and, but in this metaphor, the depth of meshing between gears represents the degree to which people's work capacity is being consumed. Deep meshing means high utilization shallow meshing indicates low utilization. So in other words, um, the more stuff we have, you know, the less focused we can be, the less productive we can be. So we gotta get rid of all the sand out of our work and get rid of all those little things that annoy us, like uh, Slack messages from random people um or or stuff like that and and get more productive so so yeah i like these type of soft skills things it's uh, the the new year is starting and sometimes we want to rethink our our lives be more productive you know sign up for that one week gym membership that type of thing so yeah apparently sand
1: in the gears is sort of the same as talking about like a a monkey wrench in the in the gears or something like that interesting I'm just like Googling references. Of course, Googling stand of the gears actually brought up Ben's Ben's post as one of the top results.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big things is, is like, you know, unplanned work gets in the way. There's little things that pop up and, you know, pull you out of your flow, distract you from what you're doing. Yeah. Little
1: things that, that get in the way of operating efficiently.
0: Yeah. And like the big thing that a lot of people say for efficiency is don't plan your work when you're doing your work try and have a session where you're just making decisions. And then when you're doing your work, you don't have to make decisions, you can just work. And so a lot of times people have like a review at the end of the day of what they did and figure out what they're gonna do tomorrow. And then when they're there, they're just doing it. You know, And that's why planning user stories and stuff can be good too, because you don't have to figure out, yeah. oh, what do I have to do for this thing here? No, you just do it when when you're at that point, you're in doing mode, not decision-making mode. You know, analysis paralysis can get in the way, so <laughs>
1: analysis paralysis. I love that. Yeah. See, I'm not that good at that at like planning out ahead of time. This is what I have to get done today. I'm always like, Oh, what is there to do today? Oh, look, uh, bug thing. Oh, conversation. Oh, email. <laughs> Just like, I'm always very reactionary to like whatever's last. To we come can in. tell,
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, but, ADD yeah. right here, yep, but. But yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. If you can just focus and work, you get more efficient. It's just, it's a cool little read here. And then uh, we have that blog from Ricky, Vicky Ryder too about the 2019 Cold Fusion Summit has being rolling out. And she posted this one back, I think, the day after Christmas, or maybe it was on Christmas, saying there's nine days left in 2019. So they're going to keep rolling out those videos so you can you know reflect back on all the great information or catch what you missed. So we'll put that there in the show notes as well. Um, now, for those of you who missed last week's episode, because I just uploaded it today, uh, sorry about that, the Coding Challenge of the Month, uh, Matt Gifford won it. Uh, when we announced it, he finished it up. Printing. Oh well, no, it wasn't the first announcement. It was the second we rehashed it. But while we we're talking, he finished uh, wrapping up Ray's old UPS uh, source code into a module and put it up on ForgeBox. So he donated his twenty-five dollar uh, winnings to the charity of uh, of Luis's choice. So I mean,
1: it wasn't twenty-five billion dollars.
0: No, no, <sighs> we're we're not pivotal. So <laughs> do, so do or we know where in that case?
1: Do we know what charity? Uh, Luis is going to put that towards?
0: I'm not sure. We, we can figure um, that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. I know we have a couple of charities we support already. Um, so I'm not sure if we're going to use them or try something different. But So, so last time you we were we, on, Brad, you had a, an idea for January's challenge. Do you remember what that was? No. I'll have to go back in the notes and see what we wrote.
1: <laughs> I was just gonna ask you, what are we doing in January?
0: So oh. I was hoping you'd remember so we could <laughs> mm. talk about it. So if only there was some site that logged all the
1: nonsense we talk about and we could go back and like, I don't know, listen to some auditory, you know,
0: reproduction of it. Mm. Yeah. If only that existed. I'll have to maybe listen to one of these podcasts. I'm good at doing them, I just don't <laughs> listen to them very much because I've been it's here. It's weird to listen to yourself talk. Yeah, be honest. I mean it, to be honest, yeah, being here talking and then editing it and then releasing it, I don't want to go listen to it a third time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. But um, so well, I guess we'll have to announce that next week if we once I look it up there. So we'll figure out what January's task is and we'll uh, give you guys something to to work on, and we might try and do something where it's not like the first come first serve or first one to complete it, but we'll try and make it where it's almost. You know, a challenge where lots of different people can do it, and then we can figure out you know a way to to pick the winner out of those groups. That way, you know, someone like Matt Gifford who's listening when we tell everybody, you know, <laughs> doesn't just finish it and spoil. You probably it had it phone. done
1: by the end of our podcast.
0: He did. No, it was it was done. <laughs> I told the tweet right after we finished <laughs> that it was already done. So four people listening the next
1: day on on their podcasting, you know, iTunes or whatever, never stood a chance.
0: Exactly. So. Yep. So next on the list, we have. CFML jobs. uh, CFML jobs. So we have uh, a couple of jobs this week through the get CFML jobs website. Right now they have 20 positions available with 18 companies and 13 locations in five countries. Um, And the first one looks like it's in Quantico. Sounds scary.
1: Quantico. It says you need an active secrets clearance uh, required. So they yeah. could tell you what's in the job, but they'd have to kill you.
0: <laughs> so yeah, they're looking for a cold, uh, full-time Cold Fusion software developer with the active secret clearance required, as you mentioned, uh, for General Dynamics Information Technology in Quantico, Virginia. And so that's available. You can get more information on getcfmljobs.com. Uh, and then the other one, they're looking for a full-time intermediate. Or sorry, full-time immediate, not intermediate. Immediate Java full-stack developer with Cofusion, and that's for Krino Solutions Private Limited in Hyderabad, uh, Telang, Telangana, India. Hope I pronounced that correct. Looks like
1: Tel, Telangana.
0: Telangana. Yep. So a couple jobs there that were new this week, <clears throat> but if you go on the site, it has uh, a lot of. Positions and
1: that one's listed as a Java full stack developer and then Cold Fusion in parentheses.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's interesting. I'm
1: trying to figure out if they do mostly Java development and also some Cold Fusion, or if they're a Cold Fusion shop but they're marketing it as a JVM language to try to pull in people that have a Cold Fusion experience.
0: I'm not sure. The I didn't know it does say three plus
1: years hands on experience with Java experience in Cold Fusion. So looks like they are looking for people that already have cool fusion experience.
0: Cool, cool. So there's a couple of jobs for you guys if you're looking. <clears throat> Hopefully, uh yeah, if you're out looking you find something soon and you know, start the new year off well. Now our Forge Box module of the week. Module of the week.
1: Week week week.
0: And this one's one that Brad recommended. So this is one you actually uh, built, right? Uh, I got a bunch of help from uh, Andrew
1: Davis on it. He made it uh pretty Oh, that's right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I think it may have sprung out of a conversation we were having at one point. <clears throat> but yeah, the Wirebox Visualizer is one of those kind of just uh, development-only modules you can you know throw on a local development server and kind of play around. Um, you know, that but, might uh, have
0: been the, the challenge was to add a setting into command box that allowed us to do the dev-only option.
1: Oh, maybe. Yeah, we had talked about how we should do that. See, I already forgot about that. We should have put a ticket in for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Wirebox Visualizer uses some little off-the-shelf JavaScript library that creates a little like you know uh, cloud interface on on the on the web page of little you know circles with lines that are kind of a hierarchy and it's a little animated thing you can kind of drag it around and it, you know it moves like a little octopus or something. Um, but what it does is uh, you install the Wirebox Visualizer module and then it registers a little URL endpoint in your Coldbox app. You know your your site slash Wirebox Visualizer. Um, and it uh, it introspects all of the Wirebox mappings, so all of your services, your handlers, uh, the settings you've injected, the logbox loggers, anything that Wirebox is injecting in every CFCs. And it builds kind of like this hierarchy of, you know, this service has these three things injected into it, and this thing here has these two settings injected into it. You can kind of like just visualize what your dependencies are of, uh, of your application. It's really just kind of more for the fun of it, just to be able to you know, visualize a large app and see, you know, this service is injected, like how many different places. Um, I think Andrew Davis had, had put some some cool little like icons, so like cool box settings had like a gear or something like that. Um, and then we had some filters because uh, you could filter, you know, only objects of certain types or certain names and things. It was a fun little uh, a fun little module. But yeah, if you wanted to take an existing app and just kinda like pull up a little visualizer to kind of see how and where you're using stuff it's it's fun to play with.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. I remember when you released that you did a little show and tell, um, and it was pretty cool. Um very, very fun. But yeah, it's it's kinda crazy to see. Like we then we pull it up on Content Box, which is, you know, Luis's very well engineered um <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, Content Box has a lot of uh, a lot of services
0: and, and uh and CFCs
1: all wired together. Uh yeah. So I believe it's pretty busy if you if you visualize ContentBox with no filters on it. It's every single thing that Wirebox is injecting.
0: Yeah, um, and I like the fact you can't put filters on it. Isn't that something Andrew Davis added, was yeah, it? Yeah,
1: he helped me add that. I mean, because really the, the module wasn't that hard to build. I mean, what Wirebox has inside of it all the metadata of everything it knows about and everything that needs injected into that thing. And all those relationships are just you know, spit out into some JavaScript code that says, you know, this injects this, this injects this, this injects this. And then the library just takes all the drawing, you know, work out of it and slaps it on the screen. I, I wish I had JavaScript libraries like that in like 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was working on apps that had very kind of complex hierarchies and there was just like no good way to build like a, a dynamic, you know, visualization of it without doing it from scratch. Um, yeah. And now there's stuff like this off the shelf You can just, in some javascript files and it, it puts it up on the screen for you it's really fun the way it kind of like moves around you, you you drag the circles and it kind of like adjust on the fly so yeah. it's
0: fun to play with yep so if you're not having enough fun tonight for your new year's eve mm. uh, pull out wirebox visualizer and it. waste good to some go. time there you go yeah. <laughs> okay so next we have our visual code hints tips and tricks of the week and so this is one that, um, was actually from Ville de Bruin. Am I saying that right?
1: Yeah. Ville de Bruin.
0: Yep. Um, so he recommended this Gitflow, um, tool built by Victor of Bull and it's it only got about 40,000 installs or something, but it's almost got five stars. And what it is, is an extension that provides integration support for Gitflow. So Gitflows, um, you want to tell us a little more about Gitflow, Brad? Uh, well,
1: I think GitFlow means something different to everybody who does it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, GitFlow Get is sort of a, I forget who it was that kind of sort of coined that phrase, but it's just a standard way of managing your branches and your processes of where, where commits go to and where you merge them into. A very typical GitFlow is to have a development branch, a master branch, you know, you branch off of development for feature branches, you commit the development, you merge into master for releases. Um, it just kind of refers to that that process. So. You now everybody that i've seen that uses GitFlow flow has their own kind of little special way they do it but
0: yeah so this this extension allows you to you know say you know get flow and then you choose what you want to do you want to you know create a new feature branch or a hotfix or, or whatever what type you want and then it basically creates that branch off of it for you and then from there um, you can tell it when it's done you can do a release or a finish and then it'll you know right. it'll sort of start yeah, those flows and
1: i'm looking at this it looks like you can run commands like Git flow feature finish get flow feature rebase start yeah uh that's so, kind of cool so this gives you some tools from vs code that kind of just help do the the git commands behind the scenes
0: yeah no, we like you said we roughly follow git flow but i see some people that they you know follow it religiously and oh, i see I'd like the, to learn it has a hot fix it. yeah. so it's
1: git flow hot fix start because like a, a hot fix is something that you would you would branch off of usually the master branch um you know you would test it you'd merge it in and then you'd merge it in the development as well yeah that's kind of cool See, I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a minimalist I usually have a very minimal get flow this is like development master Um, I hate branches because they're work (laughs) so I always avoid like I I hate just a branch for every ticket it drives me nuts because it's like branches everywhere and they don't always get merged um, I love just like being as simple as possible. And if it's like a simple feature and you knock it out, there's a handful of commits that just go like right development. I know some, a lot of people are like, you know, every single feature, no matter how small has its own branch and it has to be merged. Um, I don't know. The one thing that, you know, I absolutely hate is creating a pull request and then merging it yourself. I'm like, what, what why just committed to dev in the first place? Why did you create a pull request and you turned around and merged it? What was its purpose? Anyway, Oh yeah. uh,
0: sometimes it's just yeah it's easy to check out a, if you got those three commits together to see no, it's one not. good thing together it's not but it's well it depends and <laughs> each customer is different each company is different so oh but. yeah i mean
1: it totally depends on the workflow especially when you have multiple teams you know of like kind of like separate unrelated teams of people all working in a similar project um that it starts to make a lot more sense you know when it's just you and maybe a couple other people all kind of stuff like working together in a very simple thing, you know, you can get away with a, with a much simpler uh, Git flow, which is why I oftentimes tell people if they're not sure what to do, I tell them we'll start with the simplest one and then, and then see if after, you know, a few weeks or a month, you're saying, man, I kind of wish we had had this in a separate branch. And then, yeah, sure. You know, graduate up to a more complex flow. Um, as opposed to starting with the most complex Git flow you can find online because you know, you're thinking like, oh, maybe we'll need all these far-fetched examples and then wishing you had a much simpler flow. Because then, you know, it's hard. Well, I don't know. It's not always hard to go simpler once you've started, but it's, it's more work sometimes, I think. I think sometimes people overcomplicate the flows. But in other, in other cases, you know, it does make sense. But either way, um, this is a pretty cool VS Code module, though, just as far as kind of helping automate some of that. I've seen some similar integrations into like JIRA you know, you create a ticket in JIRA and you can have JIRA create the branch for you, the feature branch automatically and track it. Um, I assume this is doing similar things.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty cool if you have a tool that does that. Um, JIRA, GitLab, etc. can tie into those and see them with, and I think GitLab is pretty neat too if you just create the branch with a, a certain format or if you have a pull request and you, you know, you use the pound and the number of the, the ticket can attach them to it, the issue and stuff. And
1: Oh, those are yeah. I mean, neat. for me, like that's like a a, a requirement that my, that my my commits at least, you know, attach back to the ticket. Yeah. Um, and go, of course, you no know, Jira makes that really easy. Like, you know, in command box, every one of my commits just have, you know, the command box hyphen one, two, three number in it. And then I do love being able to pull up a ticket and see all the related commits because yeah. commits that, like just magically appear in your repo and they're like, (laughs) why did you make this random commit on Friday, you know, of July 3rd? And you're like, I don't know. Like those are like the worst thing in the world, especially when they cause bugs and you feel really bad. Yeah. So at least if you have it all tied to a ticket, you can be like, well, I did it because of this ticket.
0: Yep. Anyway. So yeah, so try that one out. Again, it's called GitFlow, and it's made by Victor dash of dash bool.
1: Vector. Vector of
0: bool? Vector of Boolean? I
1: don't think that's the guy's real name. I don't think it so. It sounds either. like some sort of programming reference. Uh, a vector yeah. of Booleans. Yeah, C. Vector Bool. I mean, imagine like vector is the data type and then the square brackets bool is the, is the is the type
0: so okay well that's our vs code hint tip and trick of the week so next we have our patreon supporters um patreon. yep so again thank showtime, you everybody who's showtime. a lot of you guys are listening which is really cool as well and i know that a lot of them uh as well they only so, listen
1: to see how we're going to massacre their name every week that's that's I know,
0: reason I, I love that what? that video clip where the guy's getting all the names wrong um in the classroom <laughs> Oh, the key and peel. Yeah. Hey,
1: Ron, you done messed up?
0: Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm almost tempted to like come up with a Present. crazy version of it. You know,
1: <laughs> you know, we what if we had an app that took the names and like garbled them all up, so it was like first names and last names from different people? We'd have like Andrew Garcia, Daniel Davis, you know, Don Carr, Dan Bellamy. I I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> and we could we could charge people for this, like they would pay extra for the privilege of us doing this to our names. Yeah. This is see, this is why I don't come up with business decisions.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, I listened to, um, build your sass, um, Justin and, um, John, the transistor fm which is who we use for our podcast thing they have a a podcast Mm -hmm. about building their podcast business and uh yeah they have (laughs) it is it's pretty cool but um yeah they have a couple of names in there and they're gonna have a conference named after one of their their patreon supporters because the name is um john like i think it's john junta but every time they say junta they go junta (laughs) so now people are randomly using it as like a welcome for you know like it's like an inside thing he got some mail the other day and someone had a big card written on it just said junta so they're gonna have a a conference named after this guy (laughs) but it's like an inside joke so so what what will it take
1: for our patreon supporters to do for us to rename into the box to be the you know the john farrar ordus conference
0: that's a good question i mean on If you go to the Patreon, there's a whole bunch of different packages available. Um,
1: You know, we used to name the rooms after, like, our sponsors. We had, like, the Adobe room, the Ortis room. It's going to be, you know, the the Scott Steinbeck room. You know, that's what it's going to be.
0: Well, I think, yeah. I mean, that's pretty cool. The the Knowlton snack
1: bar. I'm I'm just saying there's potential here.
0: There is, I mean, because right now we have um, like youngling, mature youngling, Padawan. We don't have baby Yoda. We could make that our best one. Oh, we have Jedi Knight, yeah. Jedi Master, Chief, uh, Jedi Commander. Do they have commanders and Jedi? This sounds like the Empire Jedi got a little I don't confused know. there. I'm not a Jedi a... Overlord. I mean, I mean, maybe we should not talk too much. I for one welcome our
1: new robot overlords.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so we have a you know a bunch of a bunch of different packages. Maybe we should have. Uh, Baby Yoda and uh, conference takeover, (laughs) but yeah,
1: Disney will be suing our pants off soon. They sure will. Like just saying Baby Yoda is probably not really Baby Yoda. That's
0: that's the thing. It's not really a Baby Yoda.
1: But Yoda is the name of the species. It's a Yoda. I mean, they never had a different name for
0: Yoda. Isn't there a wasn't there a female Yoda? We're getting off. The well, here, you but.
1: see, when a mommy Yoda and a daddy Yoda love each other very much,
0: Gavin. <laughs> we don't know. We haven't watched that many sh- episodes of The Mandalorian yet. That's only up to episode eight.
1: I haven't watched any episodes, but I'm friends good. talking about it. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I like it. it. Gives me something to do on Friday. <laughs>
1: so. Mandalorian.
0: Anyway, so. Back to the Patreon supporters. We thank all of you who are supporting us. If you're Back looking to support to you us, you can find out more on the Order Solutions uh, About Us sponsorship page. But thank you, Andrew Davis, Brian White, Calvin Sitton, Dali, Dan Card, Daniel Garcia, Daniel Ballinger, uh, sorry, David Ballinger. I tried to do your thing, Brad, where I mix the names up. <laughs> <laughs> I planted the seed. Tadea, Lesnicki, Don Bellamy, Eric Hoffman, Gary Knight, Jan Janik, Jeremy Adams, John Farrar, Jordan Clark, Joseph Lamory, Laxma Tederhari, Matthew Clemente, Richard Herbert, Samuel Knowlton, Scott Steinbeck, Vijay, and Yogesh Mathur. So, thank you
1: so much, guys. It wasn't for your support, Gavin and I would have to like actually do work or something. So yeah.
0: So we thank you. Um, and most importantly, actually, it's really the other way around. It's because of their
1: support we're able to to fund the work we do on open source. Otherwise, we'd be stuck on client projects all day long, and it wouldn't be you know thirty seven quick releases every day
0: yeah exactly <laughs> it should be well, thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast this year uh it's the thirty four episodes we knocked out this year, which is pretty damn cool
1: what well, when did we start what
0: month? May we had a couple of weeks mm-hmm. off when I was in New Zealand, and you guys were you know there was a fourth of July one we missed and and stuff like that but yeah. thirty four episodes pretty good.
1: We made so, it past seven
0: yep we made it past seven almost five times. <laughs> <laughs> but I uh, hope everyone has a great, soon, uh, happy new will year. Soon we'll be over 9,000. Yep. Yeah, so, happy new year, everybody. Enjoy it. Have a safe time, and uh, we'll see you next year.
1: <laughs> yep. Bye, guys.
0: Show notes for this episode can be found at cfmlnews.modernizerdie.io, where you can also subscribe to your favorite podcast player like Spotify or iTunes. We also have the link to YouTube to find more videos just like this. The music used in this podcast is under a royalty free license from Sound.com and Blue Tree Audio.